0: Africa, and we do one main task. We raise missionaries. So we look for people that have the calling, people that have the hunger, the desire to support, God, and we recruit them and train them in the area of Bible translation. Then we deploy them where they may be needed. And we don't just recruit people who will do Bible translation, we recruit people who will do anything in the of Bible Transition, even, even engineers, even IT people, uh, social media managers in our, in, our, in our office, we need people who can um, uh, manage our website, all those things, as long as it's within the Bible Transition Ministry, we actually need of that kind of people. So, if you'd be interested, uh, please let me know. And uh, as we do that, I want to ask the media to play a a clip, a very short clip, but um, uh, we'll talk about us and then we'll continue from there. Yeah?
1: We've had the Bible in English for over 600 years. But what if we didn't? What if God's Word had never been translated into English? What if we couldn't understand God speaking to us through it? The Bible changes lives, but only if we can understand it. Right now, 1.5 billion people in the world don't have the Bible in their language because it hasn't been translated yet. To them, it's as if God doesn't speak their language. Through the work of Bible translation, many people have parts of the Bible. But how will people come to know God without knowing John 14, 6, or Psalm 23, or Genesis 1? It's time to change this. We long to see every person have access to God's Word. So we work with churches and Christians around the world, translating the Bible into the languages people understand best teaching people to read so they can read the Bible, and helping people to apply God's word to their lives. We do all this so that just like us, people could be transformed through hearing God speak to them in their language. They need you to be part of this work. Go. Give. Pray.
0: Amen. So that's what we do um, and we are looking for people who have the call to serve and if you'd be interested please talk to me or go to our website www.weeklypafrica.org or you call me my number is very simple you can keep it in your head it's and then I'll be able to tell you anything you may want to know. Bible translation. Hallelujah. Sola Scriptura is the wonderful topic I was given to share with us this morning. And I want to start by saying that Sola Scriptura is not English, it's not Swahili, it's not you, it's not Kibukusu. Uh, it's actually Latin. And um, that is what the, that is the language that the People who came up with these solas, they were using another that point, and the reformers. And so they came up with that uh, word or that phrase, sola, which means soul or the only. Uh, and is actually what we translate into English scripture. Just to lay some foundation, I want to read some verses in the Bible, just to put to the picture or to bring us to speed about the Word of God in its place in our lives as believers. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the face of the deep uh, was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said let there be light and there was light. God said God created the universe what we say in theological terms Ex nihilo, or out of nothing, in the voidness of the reality, God called nothing into something. He said that there be, in other words, His Word went and created. He said His Word and it created what it needed uh, to create. God's Word has a purpose for each one of us. We have this Bible for a reason, for a purpose. Every one of us. There is a life that God ordained for us. There is a a roadmap God has drawn for us. And we need to know His word so that we are able to walk towards that destiny that God has for us. We need this word. Matthew 4, verse 4 this is Jesus when He was being tempted by Satan and He was told, If you're a son of God, then turn these stones into bread and eat because you're hungry. Jesus was alive fasting for 40 days. And Jesus' said, it is written man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God is able to give us life beyond this flesh. There's a life that goes beyond the last breath. There's a life that goes beyond your last heartbeat. There's a life that goes beyond the last functionality of your brain. That life is in the Word of God. If we read the Bible, if you understand the Bible, if you apply the Bible, then we will get that life. Psalm 19, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Someone had just talked about it here. Psalm 19, 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word is a compass, the guides our life. There are struggles in this life. The life is full of darkness. You know, as bright as the light may look now, the sun up there, it may look very bright, but in spiritual reality, this world is full of darkness. We are literally walking in darkness. So we need the Word of God to light our paths and to give direction to our lives. Because if we don't have that, you and I know what people are doing that do not know God and do not fear God. Crazy things happen in this world. It's because of the darkness that is in this world. And so we need His word. Every one of us, you know, if people are slaughtering people, you know, people are being incapacitated like chicken by fellow human beings, that is the darkness we are talking about. When you walk in darkness, You are capable of being anything because in darkness there is no color. Did you know that? Did you know light brings color? That's why in darkness there is no somebody who is smart and another one who is not smart. Everybody is the same because in darkness, light is in the Word of God. All of us are in need of that light. Psalm 118, 129, and 130. Your statutes read the Word of God. Your word is wonderful. Therefore, I obey. paid. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The struggles that you are having in this life, the struggles, you know, the, the problems, some people are even depressed because of life issues. And these life issues are real. They are not made up. way. Home, we to buy. Surely, things are big. When you look at yourself, in your social life, I mean, things no way things are working. And you feel like giving up with life. But when the word of God comes in, it sheds light and it shows you which way to go, which direction. It gives you that small voice that says, this is the way walking in it. What the word of God does when it is given an opportunity in anybody's life. Psalm 29, I want to read a few verses there, Psalm 29, from verse 1, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord, glory and strength, and ascribe and just give, give to the Lord, the glory to His name, worship the Lord in, in the splendor of His holiness. Verse 3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory, rather, the God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The word of God is a thunder. The people understand the power of the word of God are the people in the kingdom of darkness. Because they know when the word of God comes in its purity and authority, nothing can stand it. Thunder! Thunders the situation. In circumstances, in difficulties, and you could be here probably, you're having so many issues, you're almost giving up on your life. I want to welcome you and invite you to the Word of God. It has the answer, the solution to your issues. The Word of God thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful, the voice of the Lord is majestic. Yeah, the word of God is not just powerful, but it's, it has majesty. Anytime we hear majesty, we are talking of royalty. We are talking of glory, power. We are talking of beauty. The word of God is not only powerful, but it is beautiful. You know, there are things that are very powerful, but they are not, not beautiful. Like caterpillar, the truck that do roads and what have you, they can bring down this building. But they don't look nice in the this Though they are very powerful. Yeah? But the Word of God is both powerful and beautiful. So anytime the Word of God is at work, it is doing things powerfully. And everything is beautiful. That combination we only find in the Word of God. Go on, ask Yeah, and a few brothers who fear the Lord. One as The Lord, the voice of the Lord breaks cedars. The Lord breaks the pieces, in pieces, the cedars of Lebanon. Think of very powerful wood like the mahogany of this world. The Bible says that the word of God is able to split them into pieces. You know? I read a book. Um, forget about that. It's talking about the glory of God. He was preaching like I'm doing and then the glory of God came in the midst of the service and, and people could not stand it you know people are just falling and as they were experiencing that the pulpit shattered by the power of the presence of God so when we say the Lord breaks in pieces the cities of Lebanon, that is how powerful <laughs> the word of God is. He has absorbed his word just like his name, the Bible says. He makes leap like a calf, sitting like a young, where the host, the voice of the Lord strikes with the flashes of lightning. It's not only a thunder, it's also lightning. The lightning is a combination of light and electricity. Yeah. You've had people be hit by, by, by thunder or by lightning when they die. So the Word of God is like that. It's powerful. You know, that situation you're going through, it just needs to be submitted to the Word of God. And I mean the Word of God in its purity. Because the Word of God has been spoken all over, but it is doubled of the purity of God. It's doubled of the honor and the glory of God, the honor of that Word. When the Word of God Is given its rightful place, it changes the place. It changes the place. If the Word of God is given a place or a space in a human being, it changes that human being. In fact, go to the history of the world. Everywhere the gospel of Jesus Christ passed, there was Renaissance, there was industrialization, people became smart even by world standards. That's what the Word of God does. So the voice of the Lord, the word of God, twist the oaks and sees the forest bare, and in the temple, and in his temple, all cry, glory, glory to God for His word. Have you read your the, your Bible me? Yeah, let's do a test. I want to do something. A survey now. I want you to ask your neighbor, and I'm very serious. You ask him or her, okay? So ask him or her when last did he or she read the Bible. So each of you should say to the other. <laughs> and I'm going to use that data you're collecting for a survey now in this service. <laughs> I'm giving you a few seconds to do that. Now, you're going to just to say the truth. And the truth will set you free. All right, guess. All right, if your neighbor, your neighbor, not you, your neighbor, has said they have read the Bible the last two days, and by that I mean reading the Bible, not in the fellowship, not in the Bible study. Not in the Sunday that like we are reading. I meant on your own, privately. If you have used any other source of reading the I mean any other kind of reading the Bible, please change. Can you talk to anybody change? Tell them, no, 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 the one I gave you is not the one I'm talking about. So change now. Change, please. Yeah, I meant the one which is your own, on your own, privately, for your own consumption, without anybody around you or anybody forcing you to eat. Okay, we are good now, alright. So if your neighbor, says they read the Bible the last two days. What are you? You know, you are raising for your neighbor, remember? Everyone <laughs> um, come and meet me. like a of the crowd. Yeah. Okay. If your neighbor has read Say they, they have read the Bible for the last, in the last four days. Four. Four days. You know what I'm going to do? Including those who just raised. it. So, you also included in that. Oh, that's. That looks good. That's like three quarters. Okay. If your neighbor say they have read the Bible in the last one week, you know what I'm going to do? Well, included. Okay. All right. <coughs> I will not ask the other categories. Because it is unacceptable. To stay at home Your soul, your inner man has not eaten anything. You're starving that man. Do you know that? That man is hungry. Why are you not feeding your inner man? So let let us read the Bible. We read it for our good. Now, going back to Soros, because the reason I'm asking that is because we'll understand why reading the Bible is so important. The Anglicans in the house know that there's something called the Westminster Confession of Faith. It's a book uh, that's put together, it's a document that describes or defines faith and its practice as far as the Anglican Church is concerned or the Church of England. And this is what it says about the Word of God or the Scripture. The Westminster Confession of Faith says, the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for His own glory, man's salvation, His faith, and His life, is either expressly set down in the scripture, or by good and necessary consequence, meaning by extension, by reference, and by uh, eludition, may be deduced from the scripture, and to which the scripture, nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the spirit or traditions of men. Now, that is the Westminster Confession of Faith. It says that the scripture, this Bible, the way it is, even if you got a new revelation by the Holy Spirit, you cannot add it here. Because the way it is, it's okay, it's complete. So, there was a problem some years back, centuries back, in the church. There was only one church. The Roman the Catholic Church. And so everything revolves around the church, everything, whether it is politics, whether it is economy, whether it is education, whether it was education, everything revolves around the, uh, the church. In fact, all the main institutions of learning, then they were actually founded by the church or in the church. The likes of Oxford,
1: um,
0: the likes of uh, uh Cambridge, all those big institutions, Harvard Preston, all of them they were founded in the church in fact in that compound, almost all of them there was a church because the church controlled everything but there was a problem because the human nature. This is what John Calvin said. He was one of the reformers, and this is what he said. Man's nature is a perpetual factory of idols. Man's mind, full as it is of pride and goodness, dares to imagine a God according to his own capacity. Left to yourself, to myself, will create a God of our own. Which is happening today? You know the other day I was talking to some people and I said to them, I, when I listen to preachers, including in my own denomination, including the so-called Pentecostals, the most spiritual people, you know what you mingi mingi, mingi, everything mingi, even those people, there is a place we have put God. We are almost nowadays telling God, you operate under our terms. You, you, you don't dictate things here, you God. We say what you do, or how we worship you. We worship you and our times. This is how we want to worship you. But the Bible is clear how we should worship God, how we should give to God. The Bible is clear what it means to be forgiven of you, what it means to be saved. The Bible is clear. Not to add things that the Bible does not say. Because as he said, that's not what happened. You had to repent to the father or the priest. You had to pray through the mother of Jesus and some names of some, uh, some saints. You know, when you are born, you are baptized by the church, you are you are educated by the church. Then when you are when you're about a youth. Then you are uh, you are commissioned by the by, by the by the church. Your marriage, I mean, the church was literally controlling you on everything. And then they say the Bible or the scripture can only be interpreted by a specific people or group of people: the priest, the pope, and the clergy. The laity or the congregants didn't have room. read the Bible. When I was young, I was a Catholic and I found a time when, in fact, I remember, I found when the priest was reading the Bible in Latin. (laughs) As you show, and my grandfather, they are going to a church where Latin is the language. Only few people who read the Bible, the Bible was on the pulpit. This is the place. And in a church like that, where the Bible stands on the pulpit and it cannot be removed, do you know there are churches even carrying the Bible is a ceremony? And some of you come from that, those kind of churches. And by the I'm not saying you stop those ceremonies. Don't go saying no, those ceremonies are nothing, they are not employed, they are. Don't say those things. Put that two point here, <laughs> the point is, the Bible is meant to be in your hands, to be read, and to be believed in, and to be practiced, to read the Bible, believe the Bible, practice the Bible, I want to personalize that and say I will read the Bible I will read the Bible. I will practice the Bible. You can say that with me. One to go. I will read the Bible. I will read the Bible. I will practice the Bible. Now say it alone. One to go. I will believe the Bible. I will believe the, the Bible. I will practice the, Bible. Who's the, man come at the university. And the <laughs> whole university What? Come on, jig what? A whole university known <laughs> for engineering and all those big things. Can you say it with oomph? One, two, state. I will read the Bible. I will read the Bible. I will write the Bible. Amen. the am on means Jesus only. And this is what they meant. The work of Christ and Christ alone is the basis on which they are to are justified in God's sight. Period. Not your time. Not your giving. Not your dedication in the church. And all those things we will do. But those things are done by people who have already been accepted by Christ. It is not, it is not that which causes it. That giving, about, those are consequences of having an encounter with Jesus. Not the other way, that's what has happened. People are freaked around. Christmas. Jesus Christ alone. The next one is solar feeding, faith alone. Faith only is the instrument through which we receive the alien righteousness of Christ. Alien because it's not ours. Our righteousness is by faith. It's not by work. There's nothing that we can do that we may be righteous before God. Nothing. Through faith in Christ, we get that great and marvelous exchange where Christ takes our sin and our penalty on the cross and we receive His perfect, His spotless, His righteousness. The problem we are having today is that righteousness has been defined. It is not an act of faith. It is an act of works. Things you do. We should work out righteousness. (laughs) Let me correct myself. We should act out acts of righteousness because we have received the divine righteousness. Any other act of righteousness before receiving the divine righteousness is not void. It will take you nowhere, it has no place as far as God is concerned. Righteousness
1: comes from God through Christ and by faith. The
0: other solar is solar gratia, grace alone. If the work of Christ is the basis of our right standing before God, and if we are justified by God, not on the basis of our works, but only through faith in the works of His Son. Then it follows that our salvation is by grace and grace alone. So that's yeah. And finally, we have solar day of glory, to God only, to God alone be the glory. And that's this is what it means. If God is the order definition of our salvation, then He alone is to be magnified for His Magnificent grace is so great grace. God and only, God only. I am a pastor, I am a rebel, and I work with pastors and bishops who I can tell you in their minds they need to be a Jesus Christ. The way they behave and the way they want us to treat them The greatest of them is the glory. When God's glory is given to anyone else, God cannot debate about that with anyone. And so don't give glory. Call God's glory to anybody else. Irrespective of their power, status, caliber, or age. God's glory belongs to him and alone. So this performance, they say, this is how we are going to operate. We're not going to operate the way this institution is doing, the church, which has become a system controlling everything in society. So, what does solar scripture then mean for us? And what is solar scripture? Let me start by saying what it is. It is the only, and the believe, that honest scripture, because it is God's inspired work, is inherent, sufficient, and final authority for the church. <coughs> scripture is the final authority. In other words, everything we do as a church, it has to be referenced in the scripture. So then, when I ask you, so why are you doing that? Then you should have a scriptural basis for what you're doing. If what you're doing has no scriptural basis, then we tell you, away with your problems. We are not for it. Because we are governed as strong as is coming in the name of the church, then it has to be referenced to the Spirit. So what does that mean to us? So it means that the word of God has the supreme authority over the church. But this doesn't mean the church cannot hear anything from anybody else. I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't become reasonable or logical in our lives. But anything, even where we need to be logical and reasonable, we will have to ask ourselves, how does the Bible inform our logic and our reason in this particular case? So the word of God, according to scripture, is the supreme authority over the church. So the things that you do in the church, the things that you do in the in the church. Do you see the authority of the scripture in them? And then things that you realize this has nothing to do with the scripture. Like buying a pastor um, a car. That's okay. But it cannot be forced on people. People should not be made to, in the name of God, to buy a pastor account. And I'm saying this because I know what I'm talking about. People will not be coerced through scriptures to buy their pastor or their bishop. Aha! The Bible doesn't say anything like that.
2: So the second thing is that the scripture
0: you're talking about what does scripture mean to us is that the scripture is sufficient on its own. Sufficient to give us all that we need pertaining faith and practice and godliness. Anything to do with salvation, righteousness, holiness, all those things, the scripture has all it takes for all of us to get it. That means, I don't need any other literature to guide me in these areas. The scripture has the capacity to do that with all sufficient. The scripture is sufficient. And then the scripture, you talk about Torah Scripture, what does it was, that the scripture is clear or has clarity good enough for everybody, everywhere, of every tribe or, or language all over the world. It's clear. As long as they hear it in the language they understand. Of course, that doesn't mean that we don't need pastors, we don't need to read books that are written about the scriptures. No, 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 that's not the point. But the point is, even without those books, the Bible is enough to give you what you need as far as godliness is concerned. Yeah. It's enough. And it's clear. In other words, everybody can hear the word. I remember going to Bombolero and this show, show was preaching. Grandma, she spoke just to give her testimony and share a few things. And she spoke and said, uh, somebody read for me. I can kind of the verses. But she had this clarity of understanding. And I could tell she could not read. She had not gone to school, so she could not read. But she had this clarity and understanding of the scripture. She knew what the Bible said. And what it means, but she cannot read. I know, but the one, the moment she had the word in her language, it was clear enough for her to stand up before people and tell them about God. Some of are went to school. That's what it means. That you, in your own room, you can read the Bible and hear God speaking to you, because it is clear. That's why we have Bible translation. So that everybody from any corner to the other corner of the world, they hear God speaking in their language. Because the Bible is clear enough everyone. We, we read the same Bible in San I teach in San School myself. If I was not here, I would be in a Sunday school class now. We teach. We read the same Bible today. And they understand. We read the same to you, university you students. You understand. That's what it means. So the clarity of scripture means that anybody can read the Bible or the scripture for themselves and discover the basic way of salvation. We're yeah. not talking about coming a theology. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about understanding the ways of God for righteous living. So scripture means that the scripture is inerrant or without any error because it is inspired. If God spoke it, how can we then have errors? If you ever hear anybody talk or say or insinuate that they have discovered there is an error in the scripture, just run away from those people. Those are called heretics. The Scripture is without error. We call it the inerrancy of the Scripture, and therefore, the Scripture is perfect, and the only standard of spiritual truth. The belief in following all that we must believe in order to be saved, and all that we must do in order to glorify. That is Sola Scriptura. All that you need to do to be saved and to glorified by God. The world has it. I can see the time is up. Let me say what of Scriptura is not because time is gone. The reason I'm saying this people said earlier, remember that left on we can create anything out of anything. Way off the truth. So I want to say what solar scripture is not, so that you don't go out there and you start another theology of solar scriptura, telling everybody how they are in the wrong. So the scripture doesn't mean that all of Christian doctrine is found explicitly in the scripture. Not everything that we believe in the Bible is clearly, it's, it's clearly explained, is clearly explaining the scripture. Like the jobs from the polytheism, It's not there. I'm there but when you read the Bible, that's what they did, the church fathers, they read the Bible, before. oh yeah. There is a brand of ideas that is being repeated in this whole scripture. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, where you baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know The baptism of Jesus. You know, the dove came in, and the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove. And then a voice spoke, this is my son, in you know, whom I'm well delighted. You know. And the, the spirit was there and the son was there. Then they look and say, Wow, no, there's something here the scripture is saying. It may not be explicit, but it's clear when you read the Bible. See, yeah, the of opportunity came up like that. You know, things like, and 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 you know, there are things that we do that we we want just to make sure that life is is going on well. Um, you know, things like um, some of the rules that we have. Said, I'm looking for a good example that you have set in the church that people should follow. Um, and those, those are good things, that, but, but, but the point is that not all the doctrines that we have of believing are actually uh, written clearly in the Bible. The source of does not mean that we may separate you know, the richness of the Christian tradition in the way we interpret the scripture. Traditions are good. Traditions are things like we preachers we put on collar, uh, weddings we put on a white gown. Those are traditions. We put on a ring the wedding. Those are traditions. But there's nowhere the Bible says that you put on a ring when you're wedding. i must not seen that. I'm not seeing anywhere the Bible says you put on a gown, wet gown, when you're waiting. And I'm not seeing anywhere the Bible says that preachers should put on collars and bishops should be in maroon shirts and they should carry the the big stick and a big uh, cross on their bellies. The Bible does not say those things. But we do that. And I encourage you to do that. On your wedding day, make sure that you put on a ring. Put on a white gown, white Don't put a cream one, white Signifies purity
1: Yeah
0: When the bishops are in those maroon shirts, fine Even when I become one, I will I will not, not. not. not, not. not say uh, this is not in the speech, I won't say that They help us to bring order in the church. They they compose a structural formulation that governs how the church is run, including identifying levels and offices and roles and duties. They make us have a meaning on things like a wedding. They give us a meaning. How then do you differentiate between a couple state and a church wedding? They, they give up that clarity. So it's important those traditions are good. And not all traditions are good anyway. But here we are talking about the good traditions. So that scripture does not mean that all truth of every kind is found in the scripture. In the Bible here, we will never find anything to do with balancing sheets in accounting, or informatics, or AI. Or things like biology or robotics. You will not find it. So you need to study elsewhere, those things. They're not in the Bible. That's why you're school. And so if you cannot say, Yeah, I've read the Bible, and the Bible is all that I need to have the vision of God, have the mind of Christ. you will fail, the church you live will need to fail, even your family will fail. So the Bible does not continue to contain every truth of every kind governance. If you are a leader, go and sit in a leadership class, learn the arts and the skills of leading people. The Bible has something to do with that. In fact, most of the things you hear, they come from the scripture. But there is annotations from other sources that are very helpful. So let that doesn't mean that the light of nature or natural revelation fails to proclaim the truth to men for which they are held accountable may be condemned. What the Bible is talking, I mean, what this is talking about the Bible says in Psalm 19, but it says, nature proclaims the glory of God to so every nation, every language that nobody can miss what the nature is proclaiming about the glory of God. Everywhere. And that's why nobody, even those who never have heard the gospel, will have an excuse before God. So, this this is saying, the people, uh, the fact that nature has a way of telling people about God—we don't say that is not important. No, in natural sense, it confirms or it fends up that truth that the natural revelation is giving to humankind. Hallelujah. And then, so sort of does not mean the work of the Spirit, uh, does not mean that the work of the Spirit in understanding the Scripture is unnecessary. We need the Spirit of God. The Bible says the Spirit of God gives or testifies with our spirits that we are children of God. There is a testimony, there is a communication. There are things the Spirit of God must tell us. If you know the Word of God, you know the Word of God, and you have the Spirit of God, if I come here and perform to be speaking the word of God The Spirit of God will tell you no <laughs> That guy is telling, he's saying these things You know? You know what happened in Shatahola? What happened to the people following to Joshua Tells me one thing about those people They did know the Spirit of God And they did know the scripture In fact, Jesus told the, the Pharisees And the church leaders of the, of the day you are in error because you do not know the Scripture nor the power of God. Those two is actually the Scripture and for us the Holy Spirit, the power of God. So we cannot say, ah, me I the Word of God. I don't know those things you are talking of, the Holy Spirit. Me I'm done. The Word of God is enough. People in their natural state can turn around the Word of God and make it something else like we have just mentioned Chakahola, TV Joshua and so many in fact this city this city of Maryland has so many of the TV Joshua in this city now as we speak now in this city people are flocking there there are thousands hearing a lot of spiritual nonsense in the name of God and those preachers are in this city if you have the spirit of God and you know this one cannot be lied to, you. and some of those people have their TV stations, which are always telling those nonsense when you open those, return to those TV stations. Where the Word of God is never read, it's always miracles, miracles. Where is the place of the Word of God? Did you know TB Joshua never held one baptism ceremony all the years he was preaching? You and I know what how important baptism is, but Jesus Christ Himself. Was baptized. But here comes a fella who does not mention the not unity. And people follow him. If you know the word of God and you the spirit of God, do not be misled. I'm telling you, there is, <coughs> there is something about the spirit of God. It's like he's the spirit of God, I don't know how to put this. Because He disturbs you, <laughs> He nags you, literally bothering you, if you have the Spirit of God, even if you are walking in sin, and you have the Spirit of God, my friend, before you, the Spirit of God lets you go, He will bother you, He will trouble you, He will wake you up at night, wake you up at night, to tell you to pray and repent, God will I mean, he'll send people, and when people are speaking to hear Him telling you, <laughs> I will tell you, that's what I was talking about. You hear the prophet, the trap, he will trouble you until reform. fall. That's how the spirit of God is. And so you we can never say, no, we know the scripture is not in the Holy Spirit. No. We need the Spirit of God to help us. And finally, we can never say, because of what you call in theological terms, um, there are methods of interpretation, and there's one which is called the the grammatical-historical grammatical, method of interpretation of the Bible. That is, when you're reading the Bible, you ask questions like, who are the people who are reading at that, that time, and what kind of language are they using, and what are the things that were happening at that time that informs how this word is written, or this story is written, which may, in many cases, not applicable today, so that you have an understanding. Then, why were they doing things that way? An example is when David, not David, Joseph came out of the jail to go to interpret the dream of the king in Egypt. He had to be shaven. And the reason was to because here in the Egyptian society was repugnant, was something unadorable, it's not acceptable. And so he had to be shaven because, and if you look at traditional pictures about Egypt, you realize almost all of them people don't have hair and I mean men don't have hair because hair was not something that didn't go away with the society. So that helps us understand why then it was necessary for him to be shaved. And also when we see the pictures that we see we understand why is it that all the Egyptian photos that show people don't have hair. Now we understand. Now we cannot say then that kind of interpretation of the Bible is the only thing that we need so that once we know the people, we know what has happened there we understand the scripture and therefore we know it and it's because we just talked about reading the Holy Spirit because what was written by Samuel, for instance how can it be relevant to us today thousands of years later it's only the spirit God that makes it relevant to you and me who are living in the digital age and therefore we have to actually say okay God, I have the word here. I have the understanding of the word. But Lord, I pray that you make this word relevant to my situation now. Praise the Lord. What are we saying? We say that you must read the Bible. Believe the Bible. And practice the Bible. This is what we're saying. And you must allow this Bible to inform everything we do in matters pertaining our faith, our practice, and our Godliness. This is the sole authority God has given us. And maybe you're here, and you're not born again. And this story of talking about um, the word of God may actually be very far away, far away from you because you actually don't even have the God you are talking about who wrote our spoke this word. But so this God he is gracious and merciful. And every day that comes like today, 28th of January 2024, 20, it came as far as God is concerned, and as far as your, your soul is concerned, so that you, if you don't know him, you may know him. But because after all said and done. That remains and that counts is what relationship you have or did you have with God? When you are at the deathbed, when you have nothing counts, your relationship doesn't count, your family doesn't count, your sister doesn't count, what counts? The only thing that counts at that point is your relationship with God. The only thing that counts five minutes after death Two minutes after death, one minute after you close your eyes and your heartbeat is dead and your brain has has gone to to silence. One minute after death, the only thing that comes is how were you related to Jesus Christ. Nothing else comes. That's why we tell everybody to Christ. And it's not us, it is the Bible. So if you're here, and you don't know Him, and you know it, you have an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Right here, you If you're there and you want to give your life to Christ, just lift up your hand, and I'll pray with you. We'll all. Work. Welcome into the house of faith and you will experience the love of God and have ever imagined. Anyone? Anybody? No? Right, let's pray. Your word is allowed to my feet. When a young man lives their lives in a godly way and pure way, it's by hiding your word in their hearts. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but your word will remain forever. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by your word coming from your mouth. This is the truth about your word, Lord. And today. We pray that you help us to read and believe and practice your word. Because it's only in your word where you are. It's only your word that binds you in your promises. And it's only in your word we have life, every time through Christ Jesus. And so we pray for everyone here who've heard this message. May you follow. These words of God with your spirit as you minister to each according to their needs and according to their situation, even this afternoon. We thank you for giving us an opportunity to hear you and to hear even about your word. We thank you and we bless you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together and come for Jesus?